chair staff is ready when you are. Okay, I'm ready to begin. All right, um, so, all right, good evening and welcome to the November 7th, 2022 Sacramento Youth Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video for roll call vote. Commissioner Stormy? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Fong? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Francis? Is absent. Commissioner Galvez? Here. Thank you. Commissioner Hutt? Is absent. Commissioner Marin? Thank you. Commissioner Morley? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Obolu? Present. Thank you. Commissioner Rupri? Commissioner Rupri? I do see him, I just can't hear him. Commissioner Miller Segura? I'm sorry, Commissioner Gracie. Is Commissioner Gracie on the call? Okay, absent. Commissioner Urban? Present. Thank you. Commissioner White is absent. Vice Chair Sue? Present. Thank you. Chair Hong? Present. Thank you. We have a quorum. All right. Thank you. This meeting is virtual via Zoom, so for members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom meeting. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, Raise your hand to provide public comment uh, when the chair confirms public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you're online, click on the raise hand button on the bottom of your screen. And in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. If you are calling in via telephone, to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to unmute or mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. We will now proceed with today's agenda. Uh, first off is the land acknowledgement. Please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisunan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Potwinwintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Ranchura, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of the acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. 
I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The next item is public comments matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public, public comments matters not on the agenda? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Okay, thank you. Um, so then our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this agenda item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item as well. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Okay. Um, is there a motion and a second for the consent calendar? I motion. a motion to consent the calendar. Um, I'll second. Okay, thank you. I have a motion by Commissioner Bolu and a second by Vice Chair Sue, I believe. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Stormy? Aye. Commissioner Fong? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Francis? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Galvez? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Hutt is absent. Commissioner Marin? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Morley? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Obolu? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Rupri? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner Miller-Segura? I've been advised that she doesn't have audio at the moment. Okay, she will be absent for the vote then. Commissioner Urban? Aye. Thank you. Commissioner White is absent. Vice Chair Sue? Aye. Thank you. Chair Hong? Aye. Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you. Um, the next item on our list is, um, oops, sorry, we will now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item two is the review and provide feedback on the city's 2023 state and federal legislative platform. Is there a staff presentation for this? Hi, there is. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Awesome. Uh, Consuelo Hernandez, I am the... Um, government affairs uh, director for the city of Sacramento, and I'm happy to be here with all the commissioners this evening. Uh, this is my usual annual uh, trip to see you guys. Um, and let me tell you why I'm here tonight. Uh, um, it is time to begin working on our 2023 legislative platform. Um, let me, hold on, I should probably share a screen here. Let's hope I get the right one. Um, Hoping you guys can see that. Um, so uh, our legislative platform, um, it, hold on, how do I, there we go. Um, let me do a little background of 
what the legislative platform is and why I'm here today. So each year, the um, city lists out what um, policy positions, what funding opportunities are, are kind of priorities for us. Um, there's a whole process we go through. We get input from council staff, from city staff, from our lobbyists, um, and from our youth commission. So that's why I'm, I'm here today. Um, we get that input, you know, we, we update the document and then it goes to council for, to the law and legislation committee and then to council for its approval. Um, and the types of positions that uh, we take on policy proposals um, and funding also, that's actually become a lot more important recently. Uh, these include supporting or opposing bills or regulations, um, supporting or opposing funding for programs, and um, sometimes the city has its own legislation that it passes. Um, so these, this, the, the legislative platform um, guides our advocacy efforts. Let's see, uh, we have the government affairs staff. There are staff in um, several of the city departments that also work on legislation and funding. Um, and so we all work together as a group. Uh, we also contract with um, lobbyists at the state and federal level. So these are lobbying firms. They have lots of clients. We're one of their clients. Um, and we all work together to make sure our own representatives are aware of our positions um, and also to let them know what our priorities are. Um, you know, we're pretty active during the year taking um, support or opposed positions on legislation, both at the federal and state level. Uh, like I said, funding has become a lot more important recently, especially um, with COVID and with all the funding that's available, making sure that we can get as much as we can to accomplish our goals and honestly keep the city afloat and, and meet all the needs that have um, cropped up recently. Um, in general, uh, the city focuses on issues that affect kind of how, how we work, how the city functions. For example, um, there's been a big push recently for more transparency on police actions. Like that is going to have a direct impact on the city because we have a police department. Um, there's been a lot of work at both the state and federal level to draw down funding for, let's say, safe streets. Um, we just got funding from Congresswoman Matsui to improve a lot of the streets uh, in front of, I want to say, about seven or eight elementary schools. Um, in the city. So those are examples of kind of things that we would really focus on because, you know, we're in charge of streets, we're in charge of the police. Um, so I'm just going to give you, and hopefully this presentation won't be too long and you can have an opportunity to give input, um, just give you kind of uh, what we think will happen um, in the upcoming year. We always try to guess um, and then, you know, have our, um, our priorities reflect that. 
you know, we, we're not always able to guess. I will tell you in 2020, when we, in 2019, when we were working on the 2020 legislative platform, nobody thought that we would have a global pandemic. So, uh, you know, we want to be, it's always a fine line of we want to be as broad as we can to kind of, so that we cover the, um, you know, what, what, we may not be able to anticipate, but also not so broad that we're covering the entire universe. We also want to be somewhat targeted. Um, so let's start at the state level. So, um, you know, the past couple of years, the state has had a lot of money, like a lot more money than it usually budgeted for. Each year, the state passes its budget by July 1st, and that covers the remainder of that year and then through June the following year, and they estimate how much money they're going to have. Um, you know, they try to get as close as they can. Uh, the past couple of years, we have had way more money than we thought we would. Um, I think there were a lot of conservative estimates. Money came in a lot more, plus there was a lot of federal rescue money. Uh, this year, we are already behind in our revenue projections. So again, this, you know, they passed a spending plan saying we anticipate we're going to get $2 billion dollars. Um, or let's, that's actually too small. Let's just say like $200 billion um, to spend. That's how much money we're going to have. We are already behind in our revenue. And, it, and if this keeps up, we could possibly be short about $20 billion um, for the state budget. The good news is relatively good news um, is that uh, during the good times, the state has actually been pretty good about putting away some money in case there is a, a budget deficit. Um, the not so great news is that, you know, we've had a lot of extra funding coming to the city and to stakeholders that we work with. Um, and so, so some of that may taper off. Um, another interesting thing, we are going to have a ton of new legislators. I think it's like something, I don't know, I want to say like 30 out of 120, which is, I think it's unprecedented, close to unprecedented, how many new people we're going to have. Um, for the city of Sacramento, uh, both Richard Pan and um, Senator Pan and Assemblymember Cooper are leaving. So we are getting two of our three state legislators who represent the city of Sacramento will be new. Always... Um, a little scary, but you know, a good opportunity to to have a new relationship and, and start to work with these people. I will say, um, for the Cooper seat, um, actually, for both the Cooper seat and the Pan seat, we're pretty close with all the people who are running. So that's that's good to know. You know, we've got like council members who are running for these seats. Um, key issues at the state level. So housing and homelessness, you know, it's a key issue for um, the city and, um, and the state as well. I know that people um, are very concerned about the state of homelessness and the number of people, shelter, or any, any place to live um, in the city. And it is actually a lot worse than a lot of other places. So, so statewide, it is a huge issue. Um, climate action, climate change uh, is becoming increasingly important. I think there's a sense that crime is is um, on the uprise, and a lot of it has uh, affected affected a lot more people directly. Um, and drought, water resources. I think we're in like our third or fourth year of a significant drought. I know it's raining today. Each time I talk to our water people and say, "But it's raining," and they say, "No, it's not enough." So. 
Um, we're going to have to figure out how to, and that's, you know, of course, connected to climate change. We're going to have to figure out how to respond um, to that situation. Um, you know, will be lots of other issues at the state level, but these are just kind of the big, big ones that we're thinking will probably um, show up. Now, at the federal level, uh, I will say the economy um, will continue to be a big issue. You know, people talk about inflation all the time. Every time I go to the grocery store, things seem to be significantly more expensive than they used to be. Um, you know, gas prices have continued to be an issue. Um, I'm going to make some very general guesses about what will happen in terms of, of issues in front of Congress. But for those of you who um, are following this, you know, the both the majority in the Senate and the House of Representatives are both kind of up for grabs. So they currently, we have a slight majority in the House and we have a 50-50 split in the Senate. Uh, usually the vice president is brought in to, to um, break the tie. It's possible that either the Senate or the House flips to being a Republican majority and then things kind of go out the window. So um, just in terms of, you know, how, how we... Uh, what the issues are going to be and, and um, how the parties will work together. So here's my, like, don't quote me on it, but I'm assuming these will continue to be a, a big issue. So economy inflation, I think will continue to be an issue regardless of, of who has the majority in either um, chamber. Um, they may differ on how they plan to address these issues, but it will continue to be an issue. Um, Abortion rights, I think, actually will continue to be an issue or will be an issue. We could see legislation in this area, um, the type of legislation that could potentially get to the president um, will depend on, on who has the majority. There may be bills to curtail abortion rights. Um, there may be, you know, if you see um, Democrats continuing to hold a majority, maybe they will pass something that... Um, enshrines rights, hard to say. Uh, same thing with voting rights, uh, legislation, um, you know, either way. And then I expect uh, if we do have Republican majorities in either one or both of the chambers, we might see some more um, oversight activity. Uh, by that, I mean, you know, kind of what we saw with the January 6th committee, you know, wanting to investigate what happened on January 6th of last year. Um, we may continue to see more of those types of activities. The subject matter may be different. Um, so that's kind of what we're, we're, again, we will know a whole lot more after tomorrow. Um, we actually have competitive seats in California, um, which may tip the, the balance either way. So we usually aren't in play, but we will see how that goes. Um, so those are kind of the key issues I did provide, and I hope you guys, I know it's very long, um, provided last year's legislative platform. Um, obviously, it needs some updating. Um, just based on what we see coming up next year, but we usually use the previous platform as kind of a basis for how we want to um, move forward. Um, so again, why I'm here today is to get your feedback. Um, 
as you know, as one of the key stakeholders that, that I present to and, and that I listen to, um, to find out, is there anything missing in here? Are there key issues important to youth in the city um, that, you know, that should be included? Uh, past um, input that really helped us in terms of, you know, in terms of, say, work on homelessness, making sure that the specific needs of youth are met or, um, you know, workforce development. There's a lot of, if you look at the, at the um, platform youth, a focus on youth is kind of interspersed throughout each of the areas. Um, so, and then there's specifically one supporting and increasing opportunities for youth and families. So I am going to stop sharing my screen so I can see if anybody um, has a hand raised. If you guys think like, this is the best thing you've ever seen, no changes needed. It's probably too much to ask, but you know, I'll throw it out there. But if you have, uh, any other input, then I'm happy to take it. So um, I believe that's Commissioner Morley. You wanna? Yes, hi. Um, I just feel that mental health should still continue to be in motion since it is drastically impacting um, youth, my peers okay. lately, especially since um, yeah. the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. Um, there's been a large yeah. increase in that. So I think that would be a great one to add in. Thank you. Okay, I, I will, I will, and this is just one of my caveats, one of the reasons that it's not super highlighted, I think it's kind of in, in the homelessness or maybe it needs to be highlighted family section, is that the city does not provide mental health services. So it's important as part of the other work that we do, but that's actually a county thing. So, um, so just want to let you know, it wasn't an over, it is important to have in there, but since it's not like a direct thing that we, um, we kind of don't have it in its own section, but I'll make sure that, that it is, you know, where we have you things to make sure that that's something that's, that's highlighted. Can you guys hear me? I just got a, your, your, all right, good. My internet was, um, unstable. All right. Commissioner Galvez. Sorry, could I hit you? Sorry. Um, yeah. I have to ask if there are any uh, public comments first before we can take oh, a mission. Sorry, comment. I jumped right yeah. in there. It's all good. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this agenda item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay, sorry. Now we can go back to the commission. <laughs> all right, see? It's all excited. All right, Commissioner Galvez. I think Commissioner Abolu beat me to the hand, so I'll, I'll let her go and then, because I got a list. So. Oh, all right. Um, thank you, Commissioner Galvez. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on that I think wasn't in the report is I think specifically more funding put into education for youth. I think due to the pandemic, we definitely saw a decline, um, especially for younger kids and literacy rates. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just because we may not still be on online learning, um, there still is an achievement gap that needs to be bridged. And I think students should be afforded more resources in order to get back on track. Um, Sacramento County is also um, like has the highest suspension of black males in the state. And I feel like that's something that also needs to be talked about. It's not an issue that necessarily like funding is going to um, basically stop the issue. But I think it's something that can be worked with in terms of like putting more or having more cultural awareness trainings for students and or for teachers and staff and stuff like that. Just because I think funding um, also can be a solution, and that's not a solution technically separate from the city. So, yeah, those are my little notes. Thank okay. you for your presentation, though. Thank you. 
All right, Commissioner Galvez. Thank you. And also thank you for coming every single year. <laughs> Uh, so I do have a list, and I do want to build off Commissioner Abolu's um, sort of with juvenile incarceration, especially within the uh, communities of color. I think that's an issue that kind of goes under the water for a lot of us, you know, making sure that they have access to education, to trades, to workforce, that their experiences don't limit them, especially their, you know, incarceration, because mm -hmm. that's just part of someone's story. Another part of that would be gun management, especially when it comes to school safety. I know that's a big topic and that is scary and that it, it screams constitutional matters, but I just think gun management and um, gun control would be the other word that I think that we know of, yeah. especially when it comes to youth, you know, not letting ghost guns go around, making sure that if we have education on gun control, that it is available, that there's a youth lens to it. The other part along with education would be equitable education. I think that was something that the commission had kind of discussed in a bit. Um, it may be out of our own hands within the city, and that's more of a you know school districts thing, but if the city mm -hmm. would be able to uplift equitable measures within schools, equitable curriculums, you know, encouraging that, I'm not sure what the wording is. I'm gonna have to pass that on to you and your team. Okay. Uh, just for, sorry to interrupt, just for clarification. Yeah. And by equitable, do you mean like kind of equity, diversity, those sorts of that topic or? Well, I think that's part of a major discussion of like what we count as equitable. There's equitable within diversity. There's equitable within access, making sure that the types of learning is equitable, that um, yeah. resources are equitable, that there it's not, there's not, you know, financial boundaries limiting yeah. people towards education. Yeah, I think that would just be a major, its own discussion, and I think that deserves its own, um, I think that deserves its own discussion and interaction. Okay. Um, I know COVID, I, recently I've seen some people be relaxed with COVID measures, but are we still encouraging vaccination? Are we still encouraging masking? Are we clarifying the rules? Are we moving along with COVID? Are we ensuring that access to COVID vaccines and healthcare is still available? Okay. Um, along with the federal problem that you mentioned of abortion, well, it's not a problem, but you know, it's a problem to make sure that we protect it. Mm -hmm. uh, is there talks to make sure that it's available for youth as well, making sure that that we know that we have the information on it, where to get the access for it? Uh, voting registration as well. We had a discussion on this a few months back, I think, but making sure that youth are being um, pre-registered, that we know how to register, especially because there's an election tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to vote, I would suggest that, but making sure that we keep on track, making sure that we are registering and keeping our numbers there. And because I am still a college kid, transitional uh, young adults, I think it would be nice to see some work programs or funding specifically to manage that transition from very youth to very adult. Mm -hmm. Actually, within Sacramento, I think that we have a population that is more within the retirement age, and that kind of gap is very difficult to manage. Going from high school to working in a field where your peers are different um, socioeconomic levels above you and age levels above you so I think that would be interesting to see how we can uplift that and manage that transition within the city okay I think that's my list for now if I awesome. if I'm right. <laughs> sorry <laughs> no that's great thank you I appreciate the feedback 
Uh, I think we have one more thing. Got it. I'm so sorry. Uh, I did see the list uh, that we're focusing on cannabis. I saw that a bit mentioned a bit more than vaping and tobacco. I would like to see more mentions of limiting the use of vaping and tobacco specifically. Uh, I, I know that's one of the projects, but I think some emphasis on it, especially with some of, some of the more device newer devices, they look they yeah. look so much like toys. I don't do that, but I see them all the time, and that is freaky. Anyway, I think that's it for my list right now. Thank you, though. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because I'm assuming you know there's a ballot measure that would ban, I guess, flavored tobacco or whatever. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how that goes, and if that kind of you know. That would address a big part of the issue if that passes. So we'll see. Uh, vice chair, you have a vice chair. Um, yeah. So first, I wanted to say thank you for the presentation. Um, I appreciate you coming out every year and informing the youth commission. It's a really great thing. Um, and kind of to like add off of what Commissioner Galvez and um, Commissioner Bolu were saying, um, with Measure L on the ballot, if it does pass. Um, the committee that will be formed, the nine-person committee, um, will work directly with the Youth Commission to allocate about $10 million per year um, to youth programs and nonprofit organizations. So I think that if we want to, like, focus in on some of these issues or have, um, like, eventually, like, a larger say or, like, a larger input on things, like, specifically rather than just, like, giving recommendations here, if we want to actually be able to allocate funding to things that um, we care about, I think that once we begin to work with them, if Measure L does pass, that's going to be the way to do it. Um, so just going to like inform y'all um, about that uh, to kind of get that out there so that you guys know that that's going to happen and that's um, like a possibility so that like our impact in the city um, and like what we do and like how um, we will like operate as a commission will like elevate itself because we'll have a lot more responsibility if Measure L does pass. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Fong was next. Apologies um, for getting people out of order. Yeah. Um, I'd just like to add on, I think that was Prop 31 that would prohibit the use or like the selling of candy with flavored tobacco. Mm -hmm. And then I agree with the other commissioners that equality like um, for everyone, not just youth is really important. And I think the city should support that like for race, disabilities, gender identity. And then I was also wondering, um, in the staff report, it said that um, the government would support efforts to reduce homelessness. I was wondering, like, what type of efforts, like, what would the plan be for this? Uh, for the city of Sacramento? or for... Yeah, like, how would it um, reduce homelessness? Because it has, like, some, um, like, basic, like, outlines, but it doesn't really have that much. So, so the city's actually, so this document, just so you know, doesn't lay out what the city's actual plans are. Um, it's more, you know, we want to go after all the funding. We want to go after, say, legislation to, I'm trying to think of an example, like um, the way zoning laws sometimes, if zoning laws are too restrictive, they're like, oh, no, this is just zoned for, you know, for housing. So you can't put a shelter up here. Like we've seen legislation that says, no, if it's zoned for housing, you can put a shelter up, um, you know, at the state level. So, so this platform would deal with like that level policies. We have, we have different staff 
that deals with the actual like should we put up shelters should we build more affordable housing you know how are we going to partner with the county with the region with nonprofits that sort of thing so we wouldn't um it's a good question and actually if I were you, I um, and if it's something you're interested in, you might want to ask to have, if you haven't already, have the staff come and discuss with you efforts to um, prevent homelessness. Because honestly, if I were in your shoes, that would be kind of interesting to me. Um, but unfortunately, like in this document, we're not going to lay out specifically how we're going to do it. My job is to just go there and say, like, give us money, like, take off some restraints so we can kind of do what we feel will work. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, thanks. If I was looking for that, could you like recommend anywhere I could like go or like any websites yeah, to like yeah, find yeah. more information? You can go, oh, get out of the stinking thing. Um, you can go on the city's website. I know that there's probably under the, I want to say city manager's office, um, department of community response, um, and and I can I can share it um, with staff and they can share it to, with you and I believe they have their plan laid out and, and they have updates. Um, one of the other things we're doing. Sorry, I know we're getting a little far off field, but I think this is actually pretty important. One of the things that we've really been working on um, is having an alternative response model. So I'm not sure if you know what that means, but you know a lot a lot a lot of calls that. Um, that the police and fire and other people, park rangers get are for people who either they're experiencing homelessness and people, you know, there's an issue related to that or having a mental health crisis. Um, those, those types of things where making out a uniformed officer is possibly gonna kind of increase the tension around that situation. Um, and so we've been working to develop, again, this alternative response model where you have staff who they, you know, they don't have a gun and a taser and a whole like police uniform. They've got a nice little polo shirt that says city of Sacramento, and they're trained to kind of deescalate this situation um, and help get people into services versus, you know, somebody is having a, a some kind of mental break and like the mom can't deal with them so she calls you know the police and then like a lot of times you know at least in the past um in Sacramento and in kind of across just kind of uniformly the answer was like oh take them to jail um you know we we want to get away from that and we want to take the take people to where they can get the help that they need you know, is it like a detox issue? Is it, it, do they need mental health services? Is, you know, if they're homeless, is the issue that they need help getting benefits or finding them some shelter or something? So that's something else, just so you know, that the city um, has been working on for a while. It's, you know, it's a struggle like anything else, but I think it's a much better direction. And if it were my family member that needed help, I would much rather they have, you know, this staff versus, you bring a police car and an officer and that's just going to escalate things and you don't want it to head in that direction. So. Okay. Doke. All right. We got, we got one more person. Commissioner Rupai. Did I, did I, I'm sorry. Did I yep, you said that perfectly fine. All right. People All right. always mispronounce my name. So I'm really like, I don't like it when people do that. Yeah. It's, it's a regular occurrence for me, but uh, I just want to say thank you for putting on that presentation and i just got a question about prop 31 like 
how it prohibits the sale and use of flavored tobacco and cannabis. So what I want to know is how does it pertain to like preventing online sales? Because I've seen many firsthand examples of people in high school ordering like flavored like e-cigs and other stuff online without like without a parent's consent. And it just gets delivered straight to their door. Yeah. So I just want to know how like Prop 31 would help mitigate that. That is a very good question. So just so you know, and the, the background is confusing on this. So a couple years ago, yeah, two years ago, the legislature passed legislation to say, like, we can't sell certain types of flavored tobacco in the state of California. Um, and then I'm assuming the companies, I believe it was the companies put this on the ballot to put it before the voters. Um, I'm assuming with the hopes that we would say, no, we don't really want this law. Um, also, it gets them a couple extra years. So let's see, looking at it super quickly. I don't know if it applies to online sales. I don't know how you would get around that. Um, let's see, provisions. It prohibits in-person stores and vending machines from selling most flavored tobacco products or tobacco product flavor enhancers. So I haven't read the whole thing, but that's a very good question. And that's always the issue. Like, what do you do about online sales? I don't know if it addresses online sales. All right. Yeah. Thanks for trying to answer my question. Yeah, I, you know, my guess is that when they were passing the original legislation, like that was kind of a a step too far for them yeah, it's kind of just like a really gray area like online sales because they can just do it without like their parents permission it's right and i'm assuming you just like check a box that says yes i'm 18 or whatever yeah I imagine like you have to hold your id up to the screen and then they verify that you're whatever age you are i mean yeah. it's a huge it's a huge loophole and that's always kind of an issue with these sorts of things but um i would be interested and i don't even know if there's a way to kind of determine like what percentage of sales are in person versus online like, is this going to address 90% of the issue, or is this going to address 10% of the issue? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, thank you. All right, tell your friends, no flavor tobacco. All right, Commissioner Galvez? Sorry, I found something new for the list. No apologies. Um, I, I love input. I went back to the document, and I looked up, and I know the wording includes supporting DACA. I was wondering if we can include TPS on there. I know that there was there's a little kerfundle going on right now with TPS, but I think that there's they're another protected group that are feeling a bit, I guess, scared with all this transition okay. going on. Okay. And I think it would be nice to include them in the language at least. Yeah, or or just make the language broader so it encompasses both of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll look at it. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Anyone else? I'm hoping everyone voted. I'm still, I have an eight, I have a 20 and 22 year old. I'm still yelling at them to fill out their ballots. So if they, uh, it's an issue. So um, if you're 18 or older, please vote. That's all I got. All right. Thank you so um, much for your presentation. Yeah, of course. Good to see you guys. Thanks so much.
It Goodbye. was nice seeing you soon. Bye. All right. So this is um, informational. This item is informational, so no vote is required. We will now move on to the next agenda. Um, next agenda item. The next item is item three, <clears throat> FY twenty two youth work workforce development programming, which is an oral report. Um, is there a staff presentation for this? Hi. Yes, there is. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, and members of the Commission. My name is Monica Blanco, and I am your Youth Division Manager. I'm very excited uh, to introduce our workforce development team to you this evening. I think you'll all really enjoy uh, the information that they're about to share. I would like to introduce to you Chris Wimberly, our Recreation Superintendent, along with our Workforce Development Supervisors, Ken McCullough, Angelia Manuel, and David Gaines. Chris, turning it over to you. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. It's great to see all of you. Again, my name is Chris Wimberly. I'm a recreation superintendent within Gipsy, but I'm also a youth practitioner and adult ally. Many of you, we've worked together for a period of time within the Sacramento Youth Commission and other programs that Gipsy offers. But I wanna take a moment tonight to really highlight our fiscal year 22 activities that have taken place within our youth workforce development unit. Um, we are really trying to continue, have a continuing program implementation through, through COVID um, where we've had in-person, virtual, and even hybrid programming. So many of you, um, we've been on this roller coaster ride of COVID and virtual activities for over two years now. We're going on um, three with it, you know, next year, but we're really excited to talk a little bit about fiscal year 22 activities and give you a recap. So within the Youth Workforce Development Unit, we focus on work based learning and employment programs. We have a variety of programs within a, a variety of ages that we focus on. So we have a Young Leaders of Tomorrow program that is actually being implemented currently as we speak. It just has come back in fall 22, so you'll get an update on that next fiscal year when we do our roundup. Primetime Teen, we had full virtual programming last fiscal year. And when I say fiscal year, we're talking about July 1 of 2021 through June 30th of 2022, just to give you guys an idea of the time frame we're looking at. We have our landscape and learning program, our junior rec aid program, and our WIOA, or as defined as Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. So tonight, this team is going to be talking a little bit about each of these programs and giving you some highlights and talking about the investments that have been made to our young people last fiscal year. So I'd like to introduce Ken McCullough. Thank you, Chris. Uh, good evening, commissioners. As Chris said, my name is Ken McCullough. I'm a program supervisor for the Junior Rec Aid, the Primetime Team and the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act and WIOA programs. Our workforce development team set the, set the following four goals to focus on uh, focus points for the fiscal year that you know, Chris has mentioned. Uh, so number one are, is a hybrid platform and transitioning to new normal. And number two is leadership training opportunities for our young adults. Number three, building and strengthening relationships with our stakeholders. And number four is continuous pipeline of opportunity to create that uh, cradle to career for the young adults. All right, our first goal or focus point was hybrid platforms and transition into the new normal. Um, we did this by having youth attend programs virtually as well as in person 
providing them the opportunity to learn in different learning formats. Also within our programs, we will provide individual supplies for the youth instead of using group materials. Um, also, we incorporate COVID protocols such as social distancing, uh, hand washing, masking, et cetera, into all of our programming. Uh, also, as we move into the post-COVID era and into the new normal, we are still utilizing social media to promote, uh, recruit, and highlight our programs. So at this time, I'm going to turn it over to D David Gaines to speak on the next few goals. Sorry about that. I was muted. All right. Uh, thank you, Ken. Um, th um, uh, thank you, commissioners, for having us. My name is David Gaines. Uh, program supervisor for the landscape and learning North area operations. And one of the goals uh, that I'm covering is number two with leadership training opportunities for young people. So within all of our programs, we utilize the five supports and opportunities as a model, as a guide for our programming with working with any young people. And so with, um, with that, we were able to utilize a tool called uh, program quality assessment, uh, which PQA uh, to help strengthen those models that were those uh, skills within that model that we're trying to um, have for our program and through the tell it like it is survey that we uh, that the um, PQA establishes we were able to identify some areas that uh, we can do improvement on and um, one of the areas that we were looking at as far as uh, within our programs is youth leadership opportunities so within all of our programs they do feed into one and another um, so with primetime teen a lot of times we have um, young people or participants in primetime teen that go into our landscape and learning program and as well as you know landscape and learning and going into our WIOA program and so uh, we were able to identify certain uh, roles within those programs to help build upon those skills that they learn in each of these programs. And leadership was one that we really wanted to increase uh, through just having within the LNL program, the landscape learning program, having leadership opportunities to be able to help um, during our boot truck and our fingerprint um, operations that we have within um, our program to have that peer-to-peer -peer guidance and be able to hear from their peers about their program experience and and that as well so um, that's how we were able to utilize that um, our next goal is um, number three is uh, building and strengthening relationships with stakeholders so within our um, our programs, we're definitely trying to build those uh, adult ally connections through different divisions and different departments within uh, YPSI, Youth, um, Youth Parks Community Enrichment. Um, so we're able to identify those um, those opportunities to have our young people be able to be exposed to those different departments and also have them be able to come back and support some of our um, opportunities within our programs, such as uh, mock interviews for our primetime teen program and also our youth aid interviews as well um, help just being able to support those um, those operations as well there and then also within just um, our other programs strengthening the relationships with businesses and community partners uh, working with like um, opportunities within the public library system as far as doing outreach and exposing our young people to those opportunities and programs that they have within there and then also through our meaningful um, 
through our learning and work experiences, uh, through the different business partnerships, the local businesses that we are able to do, as we want have one highlighted there with Uptown Cafe, just being able to have those different opportunities for our young people um, throughout our program and just having that, um, having them there to help reinforce that opportunity for them. And so I'm going to be uh, handing it over to Angela Emanuel. Thank you. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Angela Emanuel. I am the Landscape and Learning Program South Area Supervisor. And I'm going to go ahead and focus on the goal of number four, which is a continuous pipeline of opportunity from cradle to career. Our program and employment opportunities are available through the youth division through a variety of different programs from civic engagement, expanded learning, workforce development, youth sports and fitness and wellness, as well as through the community enrichment division with aquatics, Camp Sacramento and community centers. Through in these programs, we have promotion within our own department um, for our youth aides. They have moved into the position of lifeguards and aquatics, as well as our youth aides have moved into positions as a rec aid in expanded learning, summer oasis, camp sac, sports, fitness, and wellness. We also have the annual youth resource and employment fair with collaboration with multiple city departments and division, exposing young people to various public service career opportunities. The fiscal year 2022 was a virtual employment fair, which was done via Zoom. It included an HR presentation sharing keys to employment success, as well as an IT presentation focusing on internships to careers. We are excited to announce we are hosting another year. 2023 will be in person. Save the date, it's March 2023. The location is still to be determined. And the next point I'm gonna go ahead and cover is the virtual snapshot of our Youth Workforce Development Unit programs. Primetime Teen is, it was a virtually connected program due to the COVID um, platform. We had 12 um, programs going on. They are six-week programs offering workforce readiness and skill development. The Landscape and Learning Program is a paid hourly seasonal work experience program offering soft skill development as well as community involvement in city parks. Our Junior Rec Aid Program is an eight-week program that was held via Zoom and also in person offering engaging activities designed to enhance the soft skill development of their participants. The WIOA Workforce Innovation Opportunity Acts program was a strength-based program with this paid work experience for high school seniors. It's a grant-funded program with SETA. The total hours that our fiscal year 2022 was 73,203. The participant hours were conducted in a safe space environment with the total participants for the year being 691. I'm gonna go ahead and hand that back over to Chris. Wow. How many of you guys think that was pretty darn amazing how much interaction has taken place with young people throughout the city? How many of you guys have participated in some of those programs? I know I see some young people on this um, meeting tonight, summer at City Hall. Some of you being part of primetime teens before. Some of you have come in and come back as a youth commissioner and sat through the presentations that our primetime teen participants have put together. So all of us are part of this huge continuum of programming. So this last fiscal year, there were investments in our youth. And I say our youth because they, they are all of us. All of us are part of this, the excitement that we have. So 691 young people had an investment 
and I'm going to do a drum roll. This is the investment amount, money, direct money into those young people's hands. So, David, push that button, please. <laughs> 960000 I'm sorry, but you guys are on my screen covering the 880-something. I can't see that right now. Five <laughs> dollars were invested back into young people's hands. We're excited to be able to come back next year because this investment amount is going to grow because some of our stipends for the current fiscal year, fiscal year 23, have increased. So we are going to be moving forward with our primetime teen program. Um, received a stipend of $500 this past summer. So our investment is going to be growing there. Also, if you're going to be joining Landscape and Learning, our hourly wage, our minimum wage is going up to 1550 effective January 1st, 2023. Mm -hmm. So our investment dollars are going to be going up, which is really exciting for all of us. So as you guys may be thinking, so what's going on for fiscal year 23? So this next slide, we're going to show you our programming opportunities for this current fiscal year. As I mentioned before, Young Leaders of Tomorrow is a, I'm not going to say a new program, but it's a new program that we're back implementing. And it is a six-week program for a young person between the ages of 10 to 12. And it provides that young person some guidance, some opportunity to start learning about um, themselves, self-advocacy. It may be in school. It may be um, becoming civically engaged. Some of the things that, how many of you guys would have liked to have something like that when you were younger? Being able to have an, an adult ally with you, guiding you through some of those things. Our primetime teen program, again, our landscape and learning. Our um, junior recade program had our first session this last winter, and we graduated. Ken, was it, we had 18 participants Eight, graduate? 18, graduate. correct. Yes, um, from that program, and I believe there were a couple that were actually hired to become rec aides for summer programming. So that's an opportunity for a young person to receive a stipend, but also some workforce development activity that um, allows them to be able to um, apply for our recreation positions. Maybe it's with aquatics. We've had some lifeguards. Uh, maybe it's a recreation aid. Um, so there's a variety of opportunities out there. And we also have our WIOA program. So we continue to go full force within our fiscal year 23 programming opportunities. Um, and it's really exciting to continue to see um, our programming expand within, our, within the youth division. And I wanna thank the employees, um, the staff that are part of these programs, the supervisors that we have here tonight um, with Ken, Angelia, and David, but also the staff that um, continue to work diligently as adult allies and youth practitioners. Um, they're all dedicated and committed to the to the youth development model, the supports and opportunities. And I want to also recognize that many of them have been part of the Ipsy Employee Recognition Program that identifies staff that have gone above and beyond just the normal work day and done some extraordinary things. So I don't know about you guys, but who's ready to volunteer for the job fair? So March 25th, the Saturday, we'll be coming to you guys. We will need you guys to help with presentations. We have some presentations that get done by the Youth Commission if there's recruitment needed. But also, we're going to be reaching out to you guys um, when we have our primetime team presentations. I think it's a great opportunity for 
younger youth to be able to see you guys as the Sacramento Youth Commissioners, the role models that they may be aspiring to become. Um, some of you have come through some of our programs, um, like I had said earlier, and I hope to see, maybe there'll be a day when I see one of you, hint, hint, as a council member or on another board and commission, even though you may be terming out, there's other opportunities for you to still remain engaged within the city operations. So with that, I'm gonna conclude tonight's presentation. And if there are any questions, we'd be more than happy to attempt to answer them. Thank you so much for your presentation. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the comment of the, sorry, of the public who would like to speak on this agenda item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Um, are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this agenda item? Uh, yes, Commissioner Morley. Um, first, I would like to thank everyone that presented. I really enjoyed the presentation. Um, I was curious, what are some examples of other boards and commissions we could participate in if we um, are done with youth commission or term out, if that's the correct term? So what you would need to do, Commissioner Morley, is there's a variety of boards and commissions that the city has. I think there's about 26 or 27 of them. Some of them have specific, specific requirements. For example, there's one of the commissions that you have to have experience as an accountant. Um, but the vast majority of them, it, it, there's no age restriction. So you could be a board and commission member of many of these other boards. Um, you just really need to look through on the boards and commission website to see which one may qualify, you may qualify for. You may have to um, live in a district or attend um, attend a school, but it's pretty open. Thank you. Are there any other commissioners who would like to provide comments? Oh, yes. Sorry, Commissioner Godlike. Hi. Hi everyone, welcome back. It's always great to see you guys and listen to how the programs are going. Um, I just wanted to see how you guys saw the engagement from this year to last year. I know that there was another transition with COVID, but did you guys see more, you know, like did the, the youth want to be there? Did you guys see some other engagement and have plans for future fiscal year and how to incorporate that feedback? So we actually, as we were transitioning back to, and I'm gonna put in quotes, the new normal, we actually um, had additional primetime teen sessions. Usually we have 40 participants per session and four sessions during the summer, but we reduced our numbers down and had more sessions available. Um, so we did a little bit of massaging, not the numbers, but we're gonna still end up with our goal number of four, you know, participant, 400 participants. Um, I think some of the struggle that we're seeing is young people are struggling with m mental wellness. You know, a lot of the socialization that has been lost from having the two and a half years of COVID is a struggle that we're trying to assist, you know, with resources, um, letting them know this is a safe space for them to come to. So there's still apprehension out there. It is getting better. Um, but there's also a lot of opportunity going, you know, people coming back into in-person programming. So there's challenges both ways. Thank you. 
Um, so you said the primetime teen program was over the summer. I was wondering, is that just in person now or are you still doing like a hybrid or like some sessions like on Zoom or something? Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I currently um, we, you know, it is all in person now. We've gone back to you know in in person with the with the lower numbers, you know, to meet the you know the youth. So we are back in person with all of our sessions. So within our come out and play guide, and we'll send the link to staff. Um, we're updating each each session, so you'll see the upcoming sessions that will start registration within the. I believe the next month or two, Ken? Uh, for for primetime team to be in December, correct? End of December. Yeah. All right, thank you. Commissioner Hong or Chair Hong, it's you're going in and out, so it's really difficult, at least on my end, to hear your comments. I'm sorry. Um, it's still kind of going in and out. Mm -hmm. I believe um, she said my name. Apologies, I couldn't quite hear. Um, my name is Jackie Beecham. I'm the director of the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Department. Thank you for having us this evening. I'm actually going to pass this over to Sean Swanson, our recreation superintendent over our aquatics program, and Anna Cook, one of our recreation aquatics recreation supervisors, to provide an update. Um, we visited you earlier this year, I believe, um, regarding the North Natomas Community Center and Aquatics Complex that we are planning to open. We kicked off with our grand opening in April, and we wanted to do a follow-up with you to let you know um, how our first season went and some engagement that we did with the community around accessibility and programming. So I'll go ahead and pass it over to Anna and Sean. Good evening, thank you, commissioners. 
I'm Sean Swanson, Recreation Superintendent, and with me is Aquatic Supervisor Anna Cook. We'll be giving a little presentation follow-up, as Jackie had mentioned, to our previous uh, presentation that we had given during the Joint Commissions. Um, so, a little background, a North Thomas Aquatics Complex and Community Center did just open, and I'm going to you go to the next slide, please. Um, and it's a complex unlike anything else that we have in the city. Uh, we do operate 17 aquatics facilities, but specifically this facility has a Olympic size 50 meter pool designed for competition. Um, that's something that we don't have at any of our other facilities. It's got a 25 yard pool that is great for rec swim. It's shallow, it's warm, it's ideal for swim lessons as well and other aquatics programming. We have a fun zero depth entry pool that is great for the youth with slides and spray features. Plus we also have two large water slides. And adjacent to the complex, we also have a community center which operates as a large event space, including features in the main ballroom, as well as a warming kitchen, patio, and lawn space. So as uh, Jackie mentioned, the last time we saw y'all, we were talking about um, the opening of this facility and doing some initial surveying. Um, so back in mid-November of last year, um, we designed the programming and accessibility survey was open for 22 days via social media. It was also sent out uh, to email lists with our community-based organizations groups and um, any registrant who's ever participated in YPSI programming over the past few years. Um, we ended up with over 900 survey responses and um, you know some of the data we'd just like to talk about. So our one of our uh, questions that we asked is about transportation uh, and limited access to transportation at any programs at North Natomas uh, Community Center and Aquatics Complex. Um, because you know this really is a regional facility, we want it to be accessible to anyone in the Sacramento community. We got an overwhelming response that many folks did not feel like they would experience any barriers to accessibility to get out to North Natomas. And we saw this across many of our um, respondents, whether they were adults, youth, uh, involved with the neighborhood association or community-based organizations. Another question that we asked was about the likelihood of participation in the following programs that we currently offer at many of our other pools. Um, we knew that North Natomas, the, the, that the aquatics complex and the community center were going to be unlike uh, anything the city had ever seen before. And we really just wanted to make sure that what we were going to be offering um, was really tailored to what folks wanted to see out there. Um, as you see on the right, um, the blue, darker, the light blue and uh, yellow bars are indicative of what people are likely or very likely to participate in based on their survey responses. You can see a big interest in free and low cost rec recreational swimming, which we do offer um, basically from Memorial Day to uh, Labor Day, seven days a week and in some weekend hours um, on our extended seasons. We also have community and special events, um, which we'll talk about later. We host our first, uh, our first events out at North Natomas this year. And then um, you'll see health and fitness classes that we'll talk about. We also have um, our aqua, which includes our aqua size classes and uh, some junior lifeguard programming. Um, a little bit lower on the excitement for participation um, was facility rentals and reservations um, and then youth pop-up events. And then we had um, a lot of interest in our learn to swim lessons.
So on April 23rd, we did have our grand opening event. It was a week of um, tours and followed by a couple free rec swim opportunities. We had over 1,400 people attend our grand openings. Um, and during that time, we also tracked uh, where people uh, lived and we were able to represent 39 different zip codes, which really helps us understand that it isn't truly a regional facility. Um, that's in Miami, not just for North Natomas, not just Sacramento, but the greater Sacramento area. Um, and part of getting the word out for that, it was certainly the help from the commission on uh, with the survey that Anna just covered and you guys helping get the word um, out to your networks. Um, additionally, we partner with uh, some third-party users that are a big part of the complex. Um, North Natomas, or sorry, Natomas Unified School District, um, both their swim teams and water polo teams use it during the season and they host their competitions at the pool as well as they have summer practice time. We have a USA swim team, DART, that is a major user of the pool, along with a SAC Masters, an adult uh, swim team. Um, we have a SAC Synchro group that uses the facility as, and also a uh, water polo group. Um, additional things that we have hosted this summer, we had the Bill Rose Classic, which was a large USA swimming meet. Um, it's a regional championship, so teams all over the um, Sacramento area and Northern California competed in it, had over 700 youth in the meet. Um, and it was done in collaboration with the DART swim team. Uh, of course, we host a lot of the events, or not a lot of events, sorry, a lot of the programming ourselves. Um, in recreation swim, for example, we had over 67,000 total recreation swim visits. Of those, 37,000 were youth. Um, and equity and inclusion being an important priority for us, um, we did also have free entry passes available. Um, one major one was with a summer reading program at the library where youth could read five books and then receive a pass both for themselves and also um, an accompanying adult. In addition to recreational swimming, our, the, our division also does a lot of aquatics programming. Um, the biggest program that we do offer is swim lessons. At North Natomas alone this year, we had 600 or 765 participants in our swim lessons. We offered uh, four two-week sessions throughout the summer, as well as um, a few three-week sessions in spring and fall. At North Natomas and a few of our other facilities, we actually offered teen-specific group lessons, which was um, a newer program idea for us. It was for folks specifically 13 to 18 who were learning to swim for the first time. Um, at Natomas and North Natomas, we offered 11 classes. We had a total of 51 participants. We also offered one of our junior lifeguard camps up at North Natomas this year, uh, sold out fully with 12 participants. Um, it's a great program for uh, youth 12 to 15 who are interested in becoming lifeguards at some point um, down the line and getting certified. Um, and it's really an intro class, so they work with current senior lifeguard staff or assistant managers or pool managers to really learn um, the basics of water safety, strengthen their swimming skills, and then learn some of the fundamentals of the lifeguard class. So when they do go into a certification class, they are more prepared and uh, able to pass and uh, then come to work for us here at the city. Our youth swim team, um, it was their first year over in North Natomas and they had 100 participants. That program was fully sold out. We hosted um, at, in the 50 meter competition pool we hosted our citywide end of season swim meet. We had 385 participants in that program as a city as citywide, and then 100 specifically at North Natomas. 
Um, for our aqua size, it was a banner year with over 5,000 participants in North Potomac, and Lapsum had very strong numbers with uh, close to 4,000 participants this year. Um, every year, the city holds multiple lifeguard certification classes. We held, I believe, 11 this year throughout the city. Bringing North Natomas online really gave us a great facility um, in the north area. The folks wouldn't have to travel to our normal um, host facilities like Clooney or Meadowview. Um, from about the middle of April uh, to current, we've held four classes up in North Natomas. Um, we've had 46 participants alone go through those classes. And we've awarded, just, to, just for North Natomas, um, participants over $1,000 in scholarships for those lifeguard certification classes. Um, we also have held two different lifeguard skills workshops. And in these workshops, um, participants learn and practice the skills needed to qualify for a lifeguard certification course. Um, qualifying participants earn full scholarships to attend the City of Sacramento certification course. So these are really great ways for folks who aren't super sure of whether or not they can qualify um, for the initial prerequisite skills testing to get in the water with folks who are lifeguard instructors, really get some great one-on-one -on -one time in the pool uh, to really learn those skills, get um, everything that they need very solid, and then head into a free certification class from there. Thus far, we've had 12 participants in those two workshops. There's another one coming up next weekend, I believe. In addition to the aquatics complex, we also opened up the North Natomas Community Center. Um, since April 23rd, we've had or 19 rentals. 14 of those have been external, five have been internal. Our first event that we did uh, get started with was a high school prom. So the NP3 Charter School up in Natomas, we hosted their, their prom on the, the evening of the 23rd. Uh, close after that, we hosted a Jive Community Bike Swap, which was a three-day event where we had tons of bikes that were stored inside the community center, and then a lot of um, test riding and everything like that in the parking lot, and that was great collaboration with Jive. We've had the Center for Collaborative Planning Youth Resource Fair out on the back lawn, and in addition to that, we've hosted um, multiple wedding receptions, a couple baby showers, some quinceañeras, um, a really uh, large Punjabi women's cultural event, a couple celebrations of life, uh, the North Natomas Chamber of Commerce uh, State of Natomas events, as well as our UFC employee appreciation events and various Sacramento, uh, City Sacramento Department meetings. All told right now, year to date revenue has been over $30,000 for this facility. With all of our aquatics facilities, we do measure our performance in a variety of ways. One of them is through survey data um, that we do have any participants on there. Um, we pulled the data and we report that on a city level um, for all of our pools and aquatics. Uh, but here you have a snapshot of it specifically to North Potomac. Um, and we're quite proud of the overall uh, positive averages that we get on our surveys. Um, program quality is rating of 4.2, staff being rated at 4.3, aquatic safety being rated at 4.6, and aquatics facility being rated at almost 4.7, um, and that's on a one to six. Uh, scale from one to five. Um, this facility uh, participates in our financial aid and scholarships. Um, so that ranges for, as Anna had mentioned, lifeguard scholarships, um, lifeguard reimbursements for staff. Uh, we also offer throughout the city water, basic water safety, um, a free 
class that offers uh, basic water skills to children. Um, we participate in the summer reading program and as well as uh, swim safe scholarships are applicable to any of our core programs um, across the city, but also at North Natomas. Um, so citywide, we've gave out over $30,000 worth of financial aid and scholarships in the last year. And we just hosted our floating pumpkin patch. It was the first special event that the, that the aquatics team hosted at North Natomas. Had about 178 participants in it. Um, and it was a good fun event. And we're looking forward to the event continuing to grow for the future. And finally, all this wouldn't be possible without um, our staff. Um, and our staff is largely youth. Um, we have around 150 youth working in the department this summer, um, and we're quite proud of the work that they do and certainly enjoy working with them. Um, and without that youth, none of this would have been possible. That concludes our presentation. Thank you so much for your presentation. Um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who should speak on this agenda item? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers with their hands raised for this item. Thank you. Um, are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? I do not see any hands. Oh, uh, yes, Commissioner Gallagher. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for the great presentation and thank you so much for the feedback. It's great to see that this was, you know, it, it went off without a hitch, it looks like. Um, hopefully next year you guys give us another update to see how it goes. Hopefully the, the fun goes on to the next year and the next season. And hopefully we can see more youth employment, youth programs. It's really fun. That floating pumpkin thing, that was really cute. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yes, Commissioner um, Stoney. Uh, uh, ju uh, just a question about the floating pumpkin thing. Um, is 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 um. Sorry, I'm trying to words. Um, is the is the plan to make it like an annual thing, or was it, or is it like going to change up every year, or what's going to happen with that? Yeah, it's quite likely that it will be. Um, well, we, we do intend to offer a floating pumpkin patch next year at North Natomas as well. Um, the city has been offering it at our um, at Meadowview for several years. Um, and then we also, we also three this year. So we had Meadowview, Clooney, and then also North Natomas this year. Um, and so, yes, we do continue to offer it. All right. Thank you. Um, if there are no other further comments, um, this agenda item is informational, so no vote is required. Uh, we will now move on to the next item. The next item is commissioner comments, um, ideas, and questions. Clerk, will you please call the roll call on the commissioners? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioners, this is the time to share updates. Um, I have Commissioner Stormy. Uh, th uh, this was a bit ago, but it was Green Week at West Campus a bit ago. Um, other than that, not much has been happening. Thank you. I do see a hand up from Sarah. Yes, thank you so much for allowing me to speak. I just wanted to chime in real quick and give a quick update to the 
Department of VFC, an introduction of Jackie Beecham. She's the new director of VFC. She's taken over from Mario Lara, who was promoted to assistant city manager over public safety. But I just wanted to let you all know and welcome Jackie and thank you for being here this evening. Um, if there's anything you'd like to add, Jackie, um, it'd be great, but we really appreciate you being here. I know you're short on time, so thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Sarah, for the introduction and thank you commissioners again for um, allowing me to be here tonight. Um, super quick uh, update. Um, I, I am beginning my fourth week in this role, um, you know, new as the director here, uh, but I have worked for our department of youth parks and community enrichment for almost seven years now, um, most recently as the community enrichment division manager. I'm really um, honored and grateful to have this opportunity um, to continue to serve our youth, our, our adults, our families. Um, we have a really incredible team of park staff. You've heard from many of them tonight. Um, I do have to say, though, listening to all of you, the level of engagement, the dialogue, um, I am beyond impressed, um, honestly. We are very lucky to have each and every one of you representing the youth voice you know, continuing to advocate for, for young people all across our city. Um, I'm really excited for the collaborative work that we'll be able to continue to do together. And I'm looking forward to um, having more of this um, engagement and communication and having a chance to attend more of your meetings and, and, and um, see all the wonderful work that you're doing to support, to support our city. So thank you all for having me. Thank you, Ms. Jackie. I will go back into the commissioner comments, ideas, and questions if no other commissioners have a comment for Jackie. Okay, so Commissioner Fong. Um, well, right now I'm just preparing for a Model UN conference. My topic is approaches to the commercial sex industry. So I'm actually arguing about why the sex industry or why sex work should be legalized to actually make it safer. So um, I guess I just want to encourage all of you guys to like, don't shy away from controversial topics just because like people like pressure you to like not look into them or like people say you shouldn't talk about them because these are like real things that are happening. And it's always good to learn more information, especially since I go to a Catholic school. So it's kind of weird like researching this topic and like people at school kind of thought it was like a little weird awesome um next is commissioner francis um yeah so pretty recently i've just been a uh, um going through like college stuff and, and preparing for that whole next step um, I know at my school, they're planning to do uh, uh, tutoring for students at a, at a elementary slash middle school pretty close by. And once the opportunity opens up, um, I'll hop on that. Um, but yeah, just really focusing on, on school and getting, getting my college stuff done. Thank you, Commissioner Francis. Commissioner Galvez. Hi, everyone. I'm still in college. 
unfortunately, no. Um, hopefully this will be my last year. I'm figuring things out so that I can graduate on time in the spring. Um, <clears throat> currently, at least in Davis, there's going to be a strike for TAs and graduate students next week, I believe, for, because of the working conditions and making sure that, you know, their rights are protected. So that's going on. It's going swell. I'm working my way around that so that I don't disturb the strike and I can still get my degree. But also, other than that, I think things are going okay. Uh, things in my district have been slightly okay. I've seen some things pop up um, recently. There was another death that went happened um, Halloween night. It was a car crash. But it's just one of those things that within the district, um, I hope I see my community heal and continue to move forward and hold our leadership accountable. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Hutt is absent. Commissioner Marin? I don't have any updates. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Morley? Um, hi again. So lately, um, I've been really putting my energy into my Black Student Union um, since I am on the board there. I'm very excited because tomorrow we are hosting informational You Can Go to College meeting, um, which is basically an organization that walks through every step in applying for college and staying focused in high school because it gets very <laughs> difficult and overwhelming um, really thinking about the college process. So I really appreciate those meetings. Um, so yeah, just really trying to stay focused um, on the college um, you know, process and trying to finish up high school. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Bolu? Um, yeah, I'm also working with my school's Black Student Union and we're hosting our first event next week. So that's pretty exciting. So yeah, something I've been working on. Sounds great. Commissioner Rupri? Um, pretty recently it was Red Ribbon Week and uh, the whole point of it was to promote like being drug free and smoke free, I guess. Um, it was a whole spirit week and there was a lot of participation. So that's good. I mean, a lot of people were promoting being drug free and smoke free. Thank you for your update. Commissioner Miller Segura. Um, I have been working with a few different clubs that I'm um, in an officer with because uh, we're prepping for a few different events. Alongside with SAC, um, we have been working on a form to get uh, data throughout the school district to make sure that we can um, put into action some plans with that. So we've been seeing a lot of data back about mental health stuff. So we're working on getting um, psychiatrists throughout schools. I'm also starting to plan the next rally at West um, as rally head. Thank you, Commissioner Urban. Hi, I've been or I've been yeah I've been volunteering a lot with my school's Key Club. Um, also, I've been working on my college applications and trying to get that all done. Awesome, Commissioner White is absent. So, Vice Chair Sue. Um, yeah, I've been working a lot with Sad Kids First, um, and yes, I'm at Rel. Um, going out canvassing every weekend and stuff like that. Tomorrow is the final day to cast your ballots, so we're having kind of like a final like party thing um, tomorrow night, and then hopefully it ends up passing, 
And like I said earlier in the meeting, if it does end up passing, there's going to be a nine-person committee established that's going to be both um, adults and youth. And like the Youth Commission, these people are going to be appointed by the council members. So as Youth Commissioners, we can apply for those positions um, in your district, and then you'll just have to like run against other people. And then if you get it, then you'll be on that commission. And that commission will be um, each year allocating 40% of the cannabis tax to youth nonprofit organizations in Sacramento. Um, and then that commission is supposed to work with this youth commission on like how we want to make um, like five-year plans to um, allocate those funds. So I'm not sure if we get paid for doing that, um, but it would be more than like a one-year commitment, but you can do it. Like if you're like going off to college, like me, I'm a junior, it'll be like a three or four-year commitment. So you'll do it like when you're um, in college, but it's like, really cool because like you'll actually get to like um on the youth commission you know like something sometimes like people come to us and like sometimes they don't and like a lot of times we're just making recommendations but um on this commission we'll actually be able to like allocate funding um and on the the youth commission we'll also like have a say on that too so that'll be pretty cool so i've yeah i've just been um working with that a lot thank you chair hong uh, yeah, so um, I've also been pretty busy with um, college apps. Um, and then also my school recently celebrated Dia de los Muertos. Um, and so that was a wonderful opportunity because um, that was really helping to um, youth and students there were able to share their culture with um, other youths on campus. Um, and that was also a wonderful way for people who were in um, Spanish classes were also able to help get warmers for the culture. Um, we celebrated that with like art and dancing and singing. So it was a really wonderful experience. Thank you for your update. Um, Chair, that is all the updates from the commissioners. Wonderful job to all commissioners providing an update. Thank you so much. Thank you, Clark. Um, if there are no other further comments, um, this concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone so much for coming by um, and for your participation. Uh, this meeting is adjourned at 7.33 p.m. Have a good night.